Motherhood, a beautiful nightmare, acknowledges the Ghana people as the traditional custodians of the land and water on which this podcast is recorded and produced. Welcome to Motherhood, a Beautiful Nightmare, the podcast for the mother who is flying by the seat of her Mercedes-Benz. Wow, you can really drive a fancy car. Can't you just? Is that still a fancy car? Yeah. Is it? With a fancy price tag. Yeah, But yeah, shout yeah, out yeah. to the Merc drivers out there. Yeah, because you can get the SUVs that are Mercs, right? And like, they look nice. Yeah, they do. Don't they? Are they expensive as well? Yeah, I think they're all expensive. Okay. Uh, this podcast is hosted by Chanel Franklin and myself, Tamara Linky, and we have a special guest this week. A very, very special guest, which we are both thrilled um, to have on the podcast today. Her name is Kate Jenkinson, uh, one of the most sought-after actors in Australia. I don't even touch the sides with naming how many amazing things she's done, but here's a little snapshot. The Wedge, Home and Away, Doctor, Doctor, Offspring, Amazing Grace, and Far Out, Wentworth. If you haven't seen Wentworth, you've got to see it. So she is the star, wow. one of the big stars of that, Ali Novak. But we are chatting with her today. Exciting. Bring it on. So, y'all want to talk about mama. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Motherhood, a beautiful nightmare. sporting some light, phone lights at the moment. That's good. You know, now that I'm in my 40s, I actually appreciate soft lighting or no lighting at all. Look, uh, yeah, but unfortunately it's the bags under the eyes that we were a little bit like, oh, no, we look real damn tired. But I think that's just motherhood, isn't it? Now, also, if you're in the dark, is it bags or is it just shadows? You can well, that's what I just said to Chanel. I don't think it's a shadow. I think it's actually my, my baggy ass eyes that are... <laughs> So I don't know if I can get an angle. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Thank you, Nathan. Cheers. If you need anything on a tall shelf gotten at any point, he can get it for you. Fly him to Adelaide? Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, nice to meet you. I'm laughing so much that conversation was disgusting that we were having before. We were talking about anal sex just as you popped up. I, I love that that was the precursor to me joining tonight. Yeah. Thought, oh, yeah, Kate was it was just, enjoying. it's just the worst fucking thing. And I don't know why I'm commenting so much, but it's just, it's meant for poo to come out. Absolutely. It's like the band, One Direction. A hundred percent. It's a shit show really, isn't it? Let's shit. face it. That's what people want to know though. Oh, I can't, yeah. So it's one of those, it's one of those things that people don't really want to talk about, but we're all, we're all thinking it. We're, we're all, all wondering who's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Who's, it, who's you not? You never want to have it again, but you kind of want to do it for your partner, but then... If you've been with them long enough, it's like, nah, fuck you. Fuck exactly it. right. No. A friend of mine said her husband put it in the wrong hole. We didn't know what he was doing. I said, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> oh, it slipped in there. <laughs> it a, a bum. You, yeah, if you can't see or feel the difference between those two orifices, then <laughs> something's really wrong. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I agree with that sentiment. That's oh, <laughs> just shit out the bum, leave it there. Yeah. And even after motherhood, we're, we're you know, we're tampering with uh, hemorrhoids and all those sort of things. It's not a pretty sight. It's honestly, it surprises me that my partner Nathan is still keen for it. It's like you watched Fletcher and other things come out of that zone. 
Mm, I, yeah. I'm surprised you're still interested in that area at all. Yeah. I think they have no choice. This is no. what I put it down to because when you look like a bag of poo in the morning <laughs> and like we say, you know, you're, you're doing the dishes or, you know, you're wearing your shitty uh, tracksuit pants, they're still gagging for it. They're like, well, what else am I going to do? Seriously, yeah. this is it. Yeah, well, we, we have nothing else now as parents. There is yeah. so little joy left in our lives that you'll <laughs> Shit, take catch the hideous your trackies old, and that's it. You'll take you, the hideous old bag who's doing the dishes currently. Yeah, exactly. Are you wearing your dressing gown there, Kate? Absolutely. It looks very cozy. It's oh my gosh! Nice. I did want to let you guys know that I dressed up for you. This is um, <laughs> this is my my robe, and it's only got a few stains on it. So beautiful. Point them out. What are they? Have we got pumpkin? It's um, curry from <laughs> from this evening. Um, I didn't. Spill it on myself. Actually, no, I did spill it on myself, but also there's more where Fletcher just kind of flicked it at me. Is your child eating curries? I mean, are we going to be impressive here? Look, I don't want to brag, but it was it was a vindaloo. A vindaloo, I was going to say. It was a vindaloo. We're training them. Actually, my kids, I've been trying to get them to have chilies a little bit, not chip the whole chili, but like something with a little bit of spice. Yeah. You know, slowly. Because I don't know how they would do that in India. Yeah, maybe the kids, you know, they're eating quite spicy food at a young age. Maybe they just start it with, you know, in the bottle. You're starting at um, seven and eight. Yeah, so too late. Too late. <laughs> too late. Yeah. Too I late. mean, it's not a competition, but if it was, Fletcher would have won. Yeah, absolutely. He's eating Fine. My kids can't handle sweet chili <laughs> chips, let alone... Chili. No, feeding, you've got a wonderful um, shit kitchen, don't you? You love <laughs> yes. knocking things up and um, hoping for the best. They look pretty good, what you it's, kind of whip up. Thank you. It's all edible. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's the best description I can give and the best praise I can give to my food, really, to be honest. It's edible. And the great thing is, is that my kid doesn't know any different because he hasn't had anyone else cook for him. So it's either the, cook, the food that I cook him or nothing at all. So he takes it. Oh, How old's Fletcher? He's nearly two. Okay. Wow. And did you make some fancy thing with KFC I saw the other day? I was like, oh, my goodness me. Yeah, it's like I, a KFC hot pot. I was drawn into the world of TikTok and as I was mindlessly scrolling, losing yeah. brain cells by the minute, something popped into my screen. It was Kentucky Fried Rice. <laughs> oh, and- <laughs> Amazing. I'm like, That's okay, right. we'll say no more. I don't even need to see the recipe. I want to make this because you've got the best ingredient known to man. Right. Yeah. Um, and basically you just stick rice in a slow co- in a rice cooker. You chuck some vegetables in if you want to. But the main ingredient is a piece of KFC chicken if you've got some on hand, which if you're only self-esteem <laughs> pop down the road, will, you will yeah. have some KFC on hand. And you just stick it in and I guess all of the, like the fat and the spices and the whatever crack they put in KFC, it seeps into the rice. And so the, look, just try it. It's it's so worth it. It's just oh, KFC wow. but with rice and, and vegetables. That mm. actually sounds friggin' fantastic. You're going to go make that now. Yes, I am. Okay. I'm going to give it a red hot go. Do it. And it's a one pot kind of wonder type thing. Your kids feel like they're eating something a bit naughty. You feel like you're eating something a bit naughty. Have you mastered this kid? I mean, I know that Fletcher is eating vindaloo and wow, that's fantastic. Have okay, you <laughs> crazy, spicing it up, mixing it up. This kid's got everything. I know. I served him baked beans on toast and I was like, mum, come on. This is so Yeah, nice. it's, so step boring. it up. I want some poached eggs, yeah, okay, with some chilli jam. Mum. Thanks. <laughs> is he a good eater? Is he, do you, are you pretty stoked with that? He is. Phenomenal. Mercifully. I mean, when he's 
teething. He's just a bastard all around and he won't (laughs) eat anything and he's just a real pain in my ass. But other than that, he he will eat anything, which is, it's just, I mean, you guys know. It's, yeah. Kids are annoying at the best of times, but when they're not doing what you want them to do, they're extra specially annoying. Oh, yeah. They pick their moments, don't they? they? All day, every day is Fletcher's current moment. Okay. He's choosing. Paint this moment for us, Kate, right? You, a superstar actress in Australia. Amazing. So many people. It's so true. I've, I love Wentworth. Big fan of Wentworth. Tamara is currently binge watching Wentworth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jumped on the bandwagon. We are chatting to Ali Novak. Literally... You've you've done all this amazing stuff. Now you've had a baby, so this oh, is the, the amazing big stuff is done with my life now. All of no. the has been had. <laughs> it, feel, it feels like that. It feels like that. I now. mean, you go from like, well, you're in prison, aren't you? You're living this like crazy life, like not literally in prison. Ali, yeah, she's not actually in prison. You know, she's acting. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm a, you're aware of that. Yeah, though, I, I committed a few crimes just to get into the character, just to get a feel for the character I wanted to be. Actually, Legit. this is what you wanted to know. Go I on. did. Yeah, we were, we were like, we talked about it. We thought, look, if we went to prison, what would it be for? And we were kind of thinking, oh, you know, it would be nice, like if it was espionage or something a little bit sexy. <laughs> But honestly, that was what you said. Murdered our husbands, if we're going to be honest. Like, is that what would you like as Kate? Like, what would you do yeah, right now? Would, I think it would have been a rage kill. I think it would have rage killed rage my. Kill. Yeah, except the time I don't have the excuse now. See, when I was up all night with Fletcher in the early newborn days, I feel like I could have had a good excuse. I'm sorry, Your Honor. I just haven't slept in five Crime months. of passion. Hopefully, the judge is a woman. She's like, you know what? Case dismissed. <laughs> I totally get dismissed. It. <laughs> <laughs> You're excused. Um, you know, it probably would have been murder. Well, I mean, go big or go home. You know what I mean? I'm yes. Petty larceny or that kind of rubbish. No, murder, it's kind of murder, stealing stuff for attention. No, we're not. Can I just say, I was watching something um, at Wentworth today, a scene, and it's so stabby. You, you are such a stabby. Stabby. There's loads of stabbings going on. Like, Shiving. Oh Shiv. Oh, sorry. Shiv. I don't have the lingo quite down pat yet. But, yeah, like your character, seriously, it's a stab city. Yeah, and I, I think do I do stabbing? I think I do some stabbing and I get some stabbing and I witness some stabbing. As yes. you say, an extraordinarily stabby show. So stabby. <laughs> no, I, no, this was the one I couldn't handle. I was like, do I go on? Because it's the cutting of the finger with oh. the scissors. Shut up. Yeah. And then I started thinking, you wait, oh, till, you wait till they burn your hand in the press for, for hitting the button. Oh my God, so maybe, this, maybe this is what inspired um, my shit kitchen. I sort of started chopping things on set. Yeah, carrots. Like, okay, I know, I know how to do this. This is my world. And if I can't do it on a TV screen, I'll do it on an internet screen. Mm. Stabbing is your new jam with yes. the kids at home Stabbing in the kitchen. kitchen. You've got to find what you're good at in life and pursue Stick that. With them. That's right. I'd love to see her prepare oh, no. a cheese platter at home. <laughs> Jesus. Or would that's you? Just, that's just a cabana, kids. <laughs> You'll like it. Daddy has a few less fingers. <laughs> Daddy's Kransky. No, stop, oh stop, God. stop, stop. So back to what I wanted to yeah, ask. Sorry. So there's the gap. So you've, you know, amazing actress. Then you have to put pause a little bit when you just have the baby. Yes. What's that like? It honestly was the hardest transition of my entire life. And I think, I think the transition from having no children to one child is going to be the biggest transition for anyone anyway. But yeah. I think for me, especially because I was a little bit older um, when I had Fletch, I had just turned 40 
and I had just come from a really busy period in my career where I had sort of had back-to-back jobs and was incredibly, I guess, satisfied and satiated in my career Mm. and I really felt like I was on a roll Mm. and then got pregnant and could basically not get out of bed for a full nine months. And then (laughs) the baby comes along and also couldn't get out of bed for another five, uh, you know, nine months. So it's um, to go from having complete autonomy over my own life and freedom, you know, of my own finances, whatever I wanted to do, however I wanted to spend my time, Mm -hmm. I could do that to um, whatever the complete opposite of that is when a baby comes along. Mm. It was a really tough transition. And I think I I definitely grieved my uh, old life a little for a little bit. Yeah. I had to um I had to really kind of accept and embrace and it took a while that this is the new normal and it feels so very different to what my old normal felt like. And I feel like I'm just sort of sort of getting to the point where I'm really finding moments to be myself again and enjoy it. But yeah man, it's it is a wild wild transition and-, and it's the new self isn't it because so as much as many women in our lives will always try and prepare us for what it's like you mm. can't mm. you cannot prepare any woman really for what is about to happen how she's about to transform herself and you do you grieve your old life and you do get to a point where you have this um these moments of really loving where you're at now but it is a process and it is a time to get there and it's through a lot of self-talk there's a lot of Jiminy crickets on the shoulder and things like that I had my kids in my career quickly because I was like I don't know what get I'm going to do. Get them out, get them out, get them out. Yeah, and I didn't <laughs> want to stop what I was doing but I had to and I just went oh just do it and hope for the best because I was so terrified the way they treat women in media. Honestly, I feel like that's a good strategy because there's absolutely nothing can prepare you for it. You can't time it well. No. You've just got to do it when you do it and hope for the best. That's right. And it can be quite shocking because like you say, it's out of your control. We find we control so many things in our mm. lives that we think we do anyway, right? And then you do have this child that you, you're, they're dependent on you 24 mm. seven. Uh, and you don't also know how you're going to be. Are you going to suffer from postnatal depression or, you know, and it's not, that's completely out of your control. How did you find as soon as Fletcher came out? Was it just like, I mean, how did you deal with those first six months? Oh for you. Oh, God. It was, it was so, so hard. I mean, honestly, I feel like the first year was pretty tough, but especially the first six months, mm. I would say. I feel like after the six-month mark is probably when I felt like I was finally resurfacing because, you know, you, you're bound by to this thing if you choose to breastfeed or, um, in my case, pump milk, which... Um, which is what I did. (laughs) Isn't that a triggering sound? (laughs) Sorry. Helicopters in Vietnam. It's like, oh, (laughs) that sound. Um, Yeah, it's, you've got this tiny little succubus that won't let you go anywhere. And, um, you know, your body belongs to them now. Yeah, it was a full on, full on experience. And then of course the sleep deprivation is wild and unlike any other torture I have ever experienced. And also, yeah, the the hormones is incredible. Thank God I had friends who told me, you're going to feel like an insane person for a decent amount of time. And 
you might continue to feel like an insane person for a decent amount of time. And thankfully somebody told me that because I had no idea. I I'd kind of heard about this notion of baby blues and mm-hmm. I was maybe expecting to feel a little bit of that, but it, um, yeah, it was pretty intense. And I, I feel like absolutely 100% was diagnosed with postnatal depression and went on for a very long time. And I think probably so many women did what I did and just didn't want it to be true because I think I felt a little bit guilty. It's a stigma as well. It's unnecessary. And that if I was depressed clinically, then I was somehow not a good enough mum because surely if I was a better mum, I would feel happy and grateful for this Mm. amazing new thing that's in my life. But it's, um, yeah, it's, I I think that's been the biggest kind of eye opener. and, And what's really nice to kind of accept now is that two things can exist at the same time. It can be the hardest job in the world, but you can also love the fact that you are a mum, but also not particularly enjoy doing all of the boring, banal, domestic mother jobs that you have to do all day, every day. Yeah. And it's okay to hate some of it because I think we're encouraged to love all of it. Yes. Because what a gift. Mm. And it is a gift. We know that. We don't need to be told that. But at the same time, let's all be real and kind of go, well, there are plenty of shit bits. And I think the more we hear those kind of things, you feel like you let some air out of the tyres. My favourite sayings, love that saying, because you just feel like, oh, okay, good, I'm allowed to dislike that. I don't know what um, whether you feel like you have to play with Fletcher a lot, but those kind of things. (laughs) You have to play with them, so annoying. I do, I did. And look, I did the full-on stay-at-home mum gig for about a year before I went back to like a full-time filming schedule. Um. And it was the it was the hardest job I've mm. ever had. It was so hard, and finding different ways of entertaining this little human mm. was it was beyond me, to be honest. And now now that I've got Fletch in daycare, and I see what that institution provides for him, I'm just ama- I am just so amazed and so appreciative of people who dedicate their lives to teaching child rearing mm. child care it is such an important job and one to be honest that i feel like i'm not <laughs> not that amazing at i think my coping mechanism is just to make fun of everything and i think that's why i started my shit kitchen up again on on my instagram is because i just needed some kind of creative release outlet yeah where i could laugh about how shit I am as a mum and <laughs> and that's okay because it, you know I love him and I'm doing my best and that's enough yeah exactly right we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves don't we to do all these things and be all this and we do see it like on social media or you read about it you're like oh I'm not doing this I need to be more chill I need to listen more I need to repair I need to say sorry yes. uh, be angry don't be angry be sad all these and things you know it's, who doesn't it's, do that men Men don't oh, question whether they're I don't think it occurs to them. I yeah. actually, I, I asked Nathan, my partner, about this the other day because I, oh, I was watching, <laughs> this, is, this is such a mum moment, I was watching Bluey. By the way, Family sorry, can I just interrupt you, Kate? Did you realise that your tech guy and your partner have the same name? <laughs> I, I do, and they look strikingly similar. I just saying, say. I don't know. 
don't know if you picked up on that one. I've got a whole bevy of men. It's like a a reverse In the cupboard. Take your Nathan's all in there. Okay. Sorry, back to Bluey. Love Bluey. Go. I was was watching an episode of Bluey and as Bluey is so good at doing, one episode just particularly caught me in the feels. I think it was when (laughs) Chili, uh, Bluey's mum, was feeling inferior as a mother or something like that and I, I totally, I think I cried and I turned to Nathan and I'm like, Chili. Chili. And I said, but do, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel that way with Fletch that you're just not doing enough and that you're not adequate and you kind of just have this overwhelming wave of an- anxiety hit you? He's, he's just like, nah, nah, never felt that. Never second guess anything. I'm just yeah. doing me. And you know what? I've, I've had people say to me before, because, uh, you know, in the, the careers that, that we all do, you need to have a balance of dads doing their bit too, right? It's gone of the days, uh, and any kind of career, actually, I'm going to say, because gone are the days where the, the dads just go to work and the mums just do everything. It doesn't exist like that anymore. Mm. And I remember this one woman saying to me, you've got a really helpful husband. Lucky you kind of oh, thing. Oh. And I said, no, because that's his job to do that too. Yeah. Because, and I have only recently done this because I used to try and be the hero and do it all and look, yes. look good to fucking who anyway, nobody, myself, yes. may, maybe. But I totally now couldn't give two hoots. I delegate and I feel really good about it. Yes. Really good. I ask for help and I'm not good at asking for help. It's a skill that I've had yes. to learn where I say, you need to put the washing on or do this or do that or they're all yours, da da da. And he's more than happy to do it. He actually doesn't care. It was all on. It was in my head yeah. and my conditioning maybe. Yeah. And did you do that fun thing that I do where you kind of try and be the hero and do everything but then you build up <laughs> resentment after resentment after resentment. Yeah, and then, and then, you're then you below. Up, yeah, like throwing a carton of milk at your partner. <laughs> over like a, over a little thing because your, your kid wants like, oh, can I have Cocoa Pops for breakfast? And you turn and you're like, what the fuck? And no, just, you, you just can't because mum threw the milk at dad. Yeah, okay? yeah. <laughs> It's going to be dry cocoa pops, Fletcher. Yeah. (laughs) Did you throw milk? No, but I feel like I've thrown something. Kind of wish you threw milk, just saying. I Yeah, I do too, actually. And you know what? He would have deserved it. Um, (laughs) But baby wipes were definitely thrown at one point. No contact was made, obviously. We don't condone violence in this no. world. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, you know. That you, you, you might have not aimed properly. That's okay. I, I wasn't aiming for your eyeballs, babe. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry oh about that. Oh, that I, is funny. I, I think I get off on the, It's weird on this whole doing everything myself. I have this little competition with my, okay, I'm going to tick that off the list. I'm going to multitask. Mm. I'm going to do that and that. And I get this. It's almost this adrenaline rush. And then I, I'm exhausted after like a week of being on this train, right? Mm. And it's. When it stops, you go, oh, my God, like, wh- what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I'm just, like, getting closer That's to death. Thing. Are we proving it to ourselves? That's what I'm but saying. Because yeah. I don't think anyone's asking us to do this. But it's never going to stop. It's so in our minds. You need to just, you know, stop and, you know, de- like you said, delegate. Yeah, just yeah. do it. And lower your standards. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, discovered that just in general, lowering my standards in every aspect of my life has really helped me be happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. I don't just need to do baseline. that. It's okay. That's yeah. fine. Shit the over there. The robe that I'm wearing, it really should have been washed, I'm going to say, three weeks ago. Um, There's something also- about that lighting. Can't see a single stain. Thank you. Look, they're they're all sort of below the waistline. Which <laughs> if you don't ask any questions, I won't tell you any answers. <laughs> But, you know, like, as mums, we're always kind of covered in some kind of bodily fluid and you just kind of have to accept that for the next 
five years of my life, I'm probably going to smell like a, a mixture of sour yogurt, vomit, and old people. Vindaloo. <laughs> Vindaloo. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, that's so funny. Mine would be peanut butter. I've become obsessed with peanut butter. Have I've got the biggest freaking jar. And I just sit in the pantry and cry sometimes and yeah. just eat this peanut butter. It's the, like, it's the best place to cry because then there's always snacks to make you feel better. <laughs> well, I used to, you pointed this out to me. I used to like a good shower cry because I was yes. by myself. Yes. But then Tamara said it defeats the purpose because you're already wet. You can't feel the tears. Yeah. You want to make it dramatic. You need oh to. My God, that is so poetic, yeah. isn't it? You, you need to feel, feel wet. Oh wow, that should that feels like a, a song coming line on. from a, a movie. <laughs> but then you're in the shower, and it's acoustically. You might be wailing a bit oh, louder than you need to. Therefore, yeah. you've, you're like that's a bit intense. Satisfying. Yeah. Well, well, it could be satisfying, but it's it's more the wet. We want we want to feel the. You like looking at yourself in the mirror when you cry. No, I don't. I don't. Yes, you do. I know. You I told me that before. Yeah, okay, I do. Yeah, I do. I like um, sometimes. No, I want to clock myself. What is this? What are other people seeing? Is it enough that it's I can do this and they're going to like feel upset? Yes, yeah, excellent. Like, especially with my kids. Like I want them to see if I'm upset. Like this is what mummy looks like when she's sad. Okay? Mm. I'm yeah. crying. Yeah. I cry in front of my kids on purpose. Like I don't to hold make, it just in. To make them feel bad. Look of mummy. Yeah, it's a form of emotional. Emotional Oh, fucking horrified. <laughs> Actually, this is ter- we're terrible parents. I think Kate takes no advice from us. So, do you have this pinch now? So, you said you're back, you're back working. Yeah. So, I, I started, um, I, I filmed a series at the end of last year, and then uh, I filmed another series this year, and then little bits and pieces here and there. But, I mean, as as is the nature with my job and this this was true even before Fletcher entered the picture it's very stop start you you can never really set a schedule to it the work comes when it comes and you've just got to be ready for it yeah and are you juggling all of that okay with Fletcher is it you, you've got some sort of routine happening or some sort of a something no no, no none of that Flying <laughs> by the seat of your pants no routine no schedule absolutely no plan um, I'm aimless in life. Yeah, really lost. <laughs> <laughs> trying to Love exist that. second by day. day by day. Yeah. yeah. And you said you've recently moved from Melbourne to Gold Coast. I did. Yeah. So that's a big thing, moving from a place where you were set up with friends, a family originally from Melbourne. No, I'm originally from Perth. Um, so your family in Perth? All of my family are in Perth and I lived for 15 years in Melbourne and kind of all over the place really with work, but mainly in Melbourne. And I, we had Fletcher in Melbourne and it was through COVID and he was a COVID baby. And mm. we were just, I think, so depressed at the thought of staying in cold, lonely, mm. freezing Melbourne with no family because not, neither of us have any family in Melbourne. Um, and we just kept on getting photos and updates from Nathan's family who all live on the Gold Coast and they would send us pictures oh. of them going out to the beach in winter yeah. in the, in shorts and a T-shirt and we're just like... And you're a Perth yeah. girl. You like the sun, yeah? I need, yeah. Yeah. A yeah. oh, good move. I need it. I need the vitamin D. And so we decided... I mean, look, basically, mm. if I'm honest, we moved up for the free babysitting because amazing. Nathan's parents are amazing and... Mm. They take Fletcher all the time. So that's why we moved. And it's just fortunate that there's really good weather here as well. <laughs> Amazing. You would have actually been in Melbourne the same time my sister had her baby in a COVID baby as well. Same thing. Ah, right. Both didn't have family. 
in Melbourne and they were locked down, had to go to the hospital during COVID. So the anxiety of that on top of every, just the normal, mm, yeah. you know, being pregnant and having a baby. Full, did you have that as well? Was it just this, oh my God, we're in this pandemic? It's it's really cruel, I think. Uh, you know, that kind of old saying that everybody barks on about, um, oh God, what is it? That old saying, it takes a village to raise a baby. Mm, yeah. It's so true. And I never really gave it much thought until I had Fletch and there was no village. I couldn't even have my closest friends come around yeah. to, um, you know, like if people wanted to drop off something, they literally just had to drop it off the door, knock and walk away because of, of COVID. Yeah, horrible. And, yeah, as if it's not the most scary and isolating mm. thing for you to do anyway. To add on top of that, shitstorm the fact that you the only person that entered our house I think for a month was the midwife to check if my stitches were healing properly Uh, and she was lovely by the way but it's not the same as having your mum come around and or your mates yeah 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 so it was it was sad actually it was just a really really sad and lonely first yeah first experience of motherhood I really uh, I really just wanted my mum more than anyone else yeah. to go, what am I doing? Well, that reunion would have been amazing because I met my sister at the airport and it was like <laughs> just the tears and just seeing my sister mm. with her baby and my mum meeting this baby for the first time, which it would have been the same for you, I imagine, but just the emotions running. Oh, it was, it wow. was so fantastic to have her here and she stayed for, she came, she came to Queensland and stayed for um, over a month and it was perfect. Yeah. Oh, so good. You know what you're so used to when you have a baby, usually people flood you. The door is revolving essentially. If if people are flying in, really, it's from from different you states, you've got friends, you can't get rid of these <laughs> bastards, and they they're coming all the time. They want to hold the baby, like sanitize, sanitize. Forget COVID, just generally. And this is the thing: when you don't get what you'd expect, you would get it's doubly shit because absolutely. you've got it. You really feel the loneliness tenfold. So you absolutely would have put your sister as well. Yeah. Because when we had our children, they weren't in COVID, and it was that trying to you know, how many people, right, you've got to leave because we've got such and such coming over at this time. <laughs> it's a conveyor belt. Who do you ask for help and who answers your questions when you don't have anyone around or you're not allowed to have anyone over as well? Because it's like, yeah. I thought the hardest part about having a baby was actually going to be having the baby. That's I, so true, yeah. Kate, because yeah, were you were you all about the actual birth? Yes. Were you like, and then once the birth, I'll deal with whatever happens later, but the birth is like the scariest point. Let's just get through this pregnancy, get the baby out. A hundred percent. I the only I did very little research. I don't I'm not really Me too. a research I was, person, but the only research I I did was, you know, what should I expect during labor? Mm-hmm. And then the kid comes and a week later you realize that the labor was the easiest thing about this whole gig. I'd happily squeeze one out, you know, if like a once a fortnight. If I just didn't have to stay up with them all night. It is the now what. It's the I think a lot of women do that. They're just so like when I was doing like those prenatal classes and everyone was just freaking out about having the baby. And no one I don't think there were many women that actually went, I'm just freaking out about being a mother. Mm. And I it never occurred to me to freak out about being a mother. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to have to do it anyway. And then when it does happen, then you obviously do have freak outs <laughs> over mm-hmm. things. But I was always of the opinion, if it's not broken, don't f- fix it. I think some people go into that um, 
they overanalyze everything. Mm. They might read read up on everything and they're double checking and checking. It's that kind of A-type personality, yes. but you know, which can make you incredibly anxious. I think, I don't know. I think I needed to just fly by the seat of my pants and, and, until something was broken and then, okay, let's deal with that. I think that's yeah. the best strategy too. And I think even if you are flying by the seat of your pants, which I certainly did, mm. it doesn't stop all this, the second guessing and the kind of crazy mind games that you yeah. put yourself in. I remember it must have been early days when Fletch was born and, you know, he was crying because he was a baby and he wasn't going to sleep because he was a baby and I couldn't figure out what to do and I was stre- I was really stressed out and Nathan, in all of his annoying wisdom, said, I just think he needs to eat more. I just think he needs more milk. And that answer infuriated me because I knew on some level it was true. Yeah. Um, I did. I just didn't want him to be right and I didn't want it to be that simple because I don't know why we make, we make it so hard for ourselves. Yeah. But it, it is that easy. And I think if you can have that village around you telling you it's, you just need to stress less and feed the kid more. Just give the kid more bottle and walk <laughs> away. Like it's, yeah, they're not going to break. I think you just, you, there was so much stress and anxiety for me in the first couple of months. And oh, yeah, for sure. It's sad. But it's the pressure of everything. It's even like some midwives uh, will be the best people you'll ever meet in your life because they are just basically God's gift to pregnant women birthing babies, right? However, some midwives can put a lot of pressure on breast is best and all those sort of things. And you literally, I remember latching summer crying because my nipples were in such bad shape from uh, not doing the special cope out and all those sort of things. But, and I was a mess. And I remember Dan saying to me, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't friggin' know, but I just know that I need to keep trying. Why? I should have just stuck a formula bottle in her mouth. But because the milk was coming out, I was assuming, is she crying? Does she? And then I'm latching her because maybe I'm a dummy. Oh, hell no. Because if you didn't try, you would be a failure. Correct. Right? Yes. In nobody's eyes but mine, but still, yeah. You'd be damaging your child for all eternity. They'd never go to a good college because they had four instead of breast milk. I know, right? (laughs) I figure we are going to screw our kids up in some way, but as long as it's, you know, like I kind of think, like, for example, if you become like a stage mum and you always push them to do this, you did that, if that's what it is, if that's the chip on their shoulder, but yeah. they've been loved, fed, educated, all these things, mm. I think that's okay. We're, they're not they're not going to get through unscathed. We're loving them. What else can you do? Exactly. Except buy them some new pants every now and then if they grow and the, you've realised that your kid's wearing like a crop top <laughs> to school, like my seven-year-old son. But that's, like, oh. that's in at the moment and they're just, you know, they're just kind of exercising their artistic freedom and their True. Love of fashion. Actually, true. Yes, it's a big thing. thing that we've got an issue with it um, at the moment, Tamara. I think we'll always have an issue with it. Is the clothes in the department stores have holes in them, have bits out the side missing? Oh, for women, for women, yeah, not kids. now, but women post having children, our bodies look a bit different, and that's okay. The cutout, the cutout, the crop top, the crop top walk where you have to walk bent over. It's a young person's game that kind of that kind of attire i i mean so where are we millers i mean shit <laughs> this is coming from someone who's wearing tracksuit pants and a stained robe i like that's why she's funny. asking you about millers like where did you get that robe was it half price <laughs> better it was from an op shop and i think it cost three dollars amazing. So amazing some of these stains maybe and it came with the vinyl stains yeah 
<laughs> Secondhand vindaloo stains. That's probably why it's so cheap. She's taking taking the credit for those stains. <laughs> She's never made a vindaloo in her damn life. I've seen I've seen the Instagram. There was no vindaloo on that. <laughs> and her kid was eating chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, whatever whatever he is willing to swallow, I'm willing to feed him. Okay, good. Oh, I love that. Vindaloo so stains that aren't yours. That's the best. <laughs> Look, let's paint a picture. We're going to put you back in prison, right? Okay. For real? Yeah. Okay. How would you play Ali Novak now that you're a mother? Oh, I like that question. The wisdom oh, would you've you gained. Differently? Yeah. Hang on, or would you be Liz Birdsworth? <laughs> <laughs> I need to be specific about this. Oh, okay. So are you saying if I could go back to prison and play any character now that I'm a mum, who would I play? Well, what has it taught you? What would you bring to this role now? I think I would just, I mean, I would probably just appreciate playing Ali again because <laughs> this is such a terrible thing to say, but she was still in a wheelchair at the end of it and I'd get to sit down all day. And that <laughs> nice. Not the answer that you were thinking of, was it? <laughs> I love it. Artistic integrity is great, but I'm a lazy girl at heart. <laughs> Any opportunity to wear track. I mean, that was the good thing about Wentworth, actually, is that I could wear a tracksuit all day, every day. That's so that good. At the end, I was wearing a tracksuit. I was sitting down. What a joy. Like, that was my job. I got paid to sit down in a tracksuit. It was a joy. That's fantastic. Did you even get up during break, like, to go <laughs> food? I'm just imagining you, like, they're like, you know that we've, it's the end of the scene now. Like, you can get up. Yeah, Kate, you know. they've, called, they've called cut. I'm like, I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just a method. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, Brando I'm one of those. I'm one of those all the way. <laughs> oh. Do you feel like you could jump into a role like Wentworth again with Fletcher? Honestly, I can't imagine it. I mean, maybe now, maybe now because he's uh, he's a big boy, he's nearly two, and he loves daycare, which is amazing. And I'm in a very, very fortunate situation in that Nathan, my partner, he works from home. So if I did have one of those crazy scheduled jobs, you could do it. Um, I could do it because Nathan could do the drop offs and the pickups. Fletch would be more than happy to spend five days a week at daycare. Um, they take infinitely better care of him than I do, so that would be fine. <laughs> Probably feed him way better than I do as well. <laughs> so I could imagine it. I, I could imagine it, yes, also because um, TV, shows, TV shows usually only take three or four months to film, so it, it could be a hard slog, but you know that there's an end point. I think yeah. that's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves as well with careers going back. Well, like how are we going to juggle that point of going, I feel guilty not spending that time? And then I actually need to do things to work on myself as well. Yeah, it's a fine line. It's a funny little thing. I think it's a lot more in our heads than what it is in theirs. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it is true that I think you being the most fulfilled version of yourself that you can be is is ultimately the best parent that you can be, the best example that you can give your child. Role model. You're And I think we forget that part too, Mm. that we need, like you said, we need to be that, show them that we're that person. And that mum goes off and does these things, and that's yeah. awesome. Thinking like a man, I try and I try and remind myself of that every now and again. Not that I would ever want to be a man. That sounds tiring. No, but the but it's but, less less stress. Yeah. They've they've kind of taken the, the the intensity down a little bit. But I don't think they concern themselves with worrying about whether they're being a good parent if they go back to work full time because they never 
<laughs> they never stopped working full time. Yeah, they never did. Damn them. They just sort of donate their sperm, don't they? And then I mean, they're out of there. Essentially, you know, I'm talking. Yeah. Deposit. No, it's such an easy job, honestly. Oh, man. I'm starting to feel a bit sad. Still, now. still wouldn't change it though. If someone said to me, do you want to be a man? I'd say no. Maybe for a day I'd try it out. I'd take the extra pay. Yeah. That's a bag of shit. And the energy. They seem to have a bit more energy. Well, we've spoken about this before. So on average, men can get away with six to seven hours sleep a night. Women need eight to ten because of the hormone reserves. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. We need more. We need more because we've got more to do with and deal with and stuff. So it actually makes sense why we feel more tired. Plus our brains don't stop ticking. Yes. all the time with a million things. Like you get Fletcher home from daycare and there's still a million things to do before he's in bed. Absolutely. I, I would believe that. I blame hormones for everything. Best excuse. It really is. You know, Hormones. If I, if I do end up back in prison for, you know, maybe I do end up throwing a, a carton of milk at Nathan and, oops, it's got a knife in it. <laughs> That's my excuse. The secret knife. It was the hormones, Your Honour. It's the milk Sorry. knife. <laughs> Hey, Kate, how do you, this is an interesting question for you because, says me, because I'm asking it, <laughs> we'll find out if it's interesting, maybe not at all. Uh, how are you learning lines? Do you have this mum brain? Because I'm finding, like, since I've had kids and look, they're eight and seven, my brain to be able to remember things, especially lines for, for shows, music, all this, it's a hell of a lot harder. It, have you noticed or? Yeah, I have noticed. It is harder. It's, I think, uh, what I've come to understand about learning lines, because it's something I get asked about quite a lot. And I, I understand. So, it, not an interesting it, question. <laughs> honestly, it's the most interesting question I've ever been asked. Truly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, because, you know, it is a lot to kind of absorb and then say a couple of times and then forget. It, it is a lot and it, it's like any muscle, I think. If you go to the gym and you just work on one bicep every single day, then you're going to get a really, really strong bicep. Yeah. And I think it's the same with um, learning lines. You just, whatever muscle it is in the brain, whatever kind of space there is in the brain that learns mm. lines for you, the more you do it, you just become better at it. And I noticed that if I've had a particularly long bout of work, I, I'm just really match fit and I can learn a page of dialogue basically in the makeup chair before I shoot the scene. And I'm, what a ninja. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Like a word ninja. If I haven't acted in a while and, um, uh, you know, for instance, had a child and then raised it for approximately 11 months and then. <laughs> what I'm talking about. This is what <laughs> significantly harder. Yeah. Same yeah. with, same with accents, actually. Interestingly enough, I used to be able to do anything in an American accent. Now I kind of have to remind my, remind my mouth how to speak in an American accent. Go on, try it. Give it a whirl. Okay, guys. So currently I am um, talking to probably two of the most charismatic and gorgeous, if you don't mind my saying, uh, women. <laughs> you go don't on, Tamara. Keep saying. going. Don't We're go on. We're talking about motherhood. We're talking about uh, Vindaloo's. We were talking about anal, but we decided not to include that in the podcast. Um, <laughs> maybe we could do an X-rated follow-up if people were interested in hearing about that. That's pretty good. Spot on going, like, Tamara. You're no, good at American. No, no. What did you do? Kate you did it yesterday. Show. You what? were, I'm sure Kate would appreciate what is your it? dolphin thing. What was my dolphin? You, you said it yesterday about the guy. You said oh, it. I was just saying how Americans, in the, the, way that they, the way they talk, that the commitment and the confidence that comes through in the way they speak. And I was on the jetty 
here in Adelaide at the beach. And I heard from 10 meters away a guy going, wow, you know, the sunshine is fantastic. The dolphins, they're there in the water. Look at that. Wow. Look at that wave. Everything is just, it's like on. It all doesn't the matter time. who's listening. As yeah, Aussies, like, we're a bit more in. But we're so, so, you know, sorry. And we're sorry for taking up space where they're like, I'm taking up this space. Here I am. Here's my voice. Right. I don't care if you like it or not. It's absolutely true. They're, they're taught that, they're, that their voice is the most important voice in the entire world. And we're mm. told to shut up. <laughs> and we Australian. say sorry before we open our blooming mouths, don't we? Oh, sorry. Exactly. sorry. But I did like, Kate, like the vocal fry that you had in the beginning, you know, like the, you know, Oh, it's not like yeah. goes down. Oh, maybe I was that was trying, great. Was channeling my inner Scarlett Johansson, just oh, just trying yeah. to imagine that I could maybe one day be like her. I, hi, you in a fucking second. Get oh, over there you now. Direct to you. I would. <laughs> I'll take that job. Honestly, at this point, I'm I'm desperate. I'll I'll take it. Whatever it is, should be the Aussie version. Gee, yeah. Why not? I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I someone said, "Kate, you are the Aussie version of Scarlett Johansson," I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even have a dollar, but. I can live in in hope that someday someone will draw that comparison. Oh, my gosh. I get Halle Berry all the time. You have no idea. I can see that. I thought when I jumped on, I'm like, shit, I didn't know that Halle Berry ran this podcast. I had... I had I had Hillary Duff once, but I don't think that's right. No. No. Honestly, I would take that. I... I mean, that's great. I but no. saw Hilary Duff at a restaurant in LA once and she was the most stunning woman I've ever seen. She was so gorgeous. Yeah, she has beautiful features, doesn't she? Yeah, that's Has true. she got darker eyes? What does she look like? You don't know what she looks like. You oh, I don't know. No, no, but I remember away. someone said to me, you look like Hilary Duff. And that was it. Oh, I thought we were talking about Hilary Swank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Different. I know who you're talking about now. Sorry. Yep. I look, I, no disrespect, but I think you want Duff over Swank. Um, really? I think aesthetically, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Swank's got two Oscars. That'd be nice. But yes, what I'm saying. Yeah. Duff's got just really nice complexion. Since like, we're talking about the famous people, I love this because we always talk about it. Who's the most famous person you've ever met who you were starstruck by? Look, I actually, I have met quite a number of famous people because I, I have a very famous good friend, Rebel Wilson, and when um, when I was living in LA, she would take me to all of these super fancy parties. And p- because people were interested in talking to her, they kind of had to do the obligatory shake of my hand and introduce. <laughs> Fair and enough. Actually, I've been, I've I've met quite a number of famous people. I remember dancing on a dance floor at a party at some billionaire's house in Santa Barbara, and the person dancing next to me was Oprah. <gasps> Okay, that's that big. Was, wow. That was a good one. Was she a good dancer? <laughs> she, you know, she really was nimble. Oh, n- nimble. <laughs> yeah, and she took up space. She wasn't afraid to take up space. Very, you okay. know, very American of her. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, you get a dance move. You get a dance move. Oh, yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> And then the spotlight's on you and you friggin' freeze because you're, you've seen Oprah, she's told you to do a dance move and you've got nothing in your tank. Gee, I've been rubbing my eyes going, where the hell am I? <laughs> like what? Yeah. It was wild. I just remember the catering at that party being so amazing. 
just unbelievable. Oh my God. Did you just stand at the food table and just stuff your face? Because I, I seriously would have done that. Yeah. Well, I'm that part person at every single party that yeah. I ever go to. Like a wedding? You're like, <laughs> yeah. Any party that has any kind of food station, I'm only ever at the. I don't think I've ever grown out of my starving actor phase. Like where yeah. I, you know, when I was first starting out and wasn't working and wasn't earning any money and any kind of free food that was offered to me, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's like I a rescue it. dog. Like you just, when you get it, you eat it as much as you can yeah. because, you know, we had a dog like that. Like you, you would just keep eating and we'd have to say, stop, there will be more tomorrow. Is that like to lose? No, Tully. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, she's dead now, Sam. But, Listen, you know. I'm sorry. Well, don't make us laugh and then say that. Like, oh, okay. Sorry. Do you, do you it's have sensitive a re- to Tully. Think, do you have a rescue dog as well? I've got okay, two. That? You've got two. I've got two little chihuahuas in there. Oh, chihuahuas. One's actually curled up at my feet right now. Cute. Bruno. Yes. They're Bruno. <laughs> oh, you don't talk, talk about, about Bruno. No, no. Do you sing that around your house? Yeah. No. We do. We do oh. now. Okay. Now that we um, know that that's know it. <laughs> oh my gosh! And isn't that that? That's going to be the next trajectory. Is just listening to every Disney movie and all the kids' yeah. things. Oh my god, so good, but so fun. Um, should we ask Kate our special question? One hundred percent. Okay. Anyway, you say it. Go on. Oh, Spotlight right. We do. We do a Who would you rather? Um, out of these two people, and uh, by who would I rather? Rather am I, am a assuming, bang. Yes. Yep. Okay. Actually, to? tantric sex. Tantric. Oh, that's so really much long. On a just on a quick tangent, I accidentally rocked up to a tantric Kundalini yoga class once when I was seriously <laughs> jet lagged, and it was like five a.m. And like, what is that? Where were you in Melbourne? In, no, I was in Perth, and I was jet lagged. I'd just come back from America, and it was five a.m. And I'm like, I feel energetic, and so I went and found a yoga class and I didn't realize but it was a tantric kundalini yoga class. please explain explain it please yes, please yes well I just thought it was I just thought it was a yoga class and early morning and anyway people started doing these moves but there was no teacher and then they started moaning or there was all this moaning and I I think I said oh look I, I think I think I'm in the wrong class yeah. and so I started to Doors leave locked. and this guy said no you can't leave. If you leave, you'll disrupt the key. The key? Yes, as in C-H-I, the key. Uh-huh. So I was trapped in a, in a room <laughs> full of moaning yogis and this guy took it upon himself to help me, in inverted commas, and he helped me by showing me through all of the, the moves with his body pressed up against my body. It was a tantric sex yoga class and everyone was like doing orgasmic <gasps> breathing and Wow. Yeah, it was it was wild. Oh my God. So how long ago was this? I, I wanna say ten years. Yeah, it's pre motherhood. <laughs> you would have had a very different excuse now. No, you would have been there going, get the fuck out of my I way. I have enjoyed it. I don't care. I'm here to lie down for an hour. You guys can rub yourself all over me. I'm sleeping. I'm out. I'm just going to namaste and, yeah. and Savasana for the, for the full hour, if that's okay with you guys. You guys moan. Just do whatever. Oh, that is so funny. That You'll never forget that. No. All right. Who would you rather, Savasana, Kunaliti, Shmini, <laughs> with um, Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton? It's a hardy. Oh, no. I gross on both levels. We, we, okay, we're going to come up with a second, but you must oh, pick that, the first one for okay, now. I'm going to think right. of two more. Look, I'd, I would take Hillary basically just because Bill Clinton gives me the creeps. Yeah, um, creepy man. But I also feel like Hillary has got like 
a lot of suppressed rage in her and I feel that that might make her quite wild in the sack. You, you know, a woman yeah, scorned you've... that kind of vibe. Have very Wentworth of you. Yeah, she <laughs> lost the big election. I kind of feel like she'd, she'd have some power in those politicians' hands, you know what I mean? So oh, I think Hillary was showing me a good time. She was you, you ain't leaving that room until she's finished. Be a bit like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, she'd let her hair oh. down. Oh. Actually, that just reminds me. I saw something today. I don't know if you've seen them on YouTube. People have compiled little romantic montages of your character and is it B? Is that oh, yes. the character? Yeah. Yes. Where and they put some crazy like like old school music, like wind beneath my wings type <laughs> stuff, and they've got slow motion of all the different scenes of when you guys are like pashing and all. <laughs> Oh, that's, that, that's what nothing. Is There's a whole world of fan fiction that I'm wow. aware of. I haven't read any of it, but it's that people wow. have written novellas of this future life that B and Ali might have and the children Afterwards. that we would somehow conceive even though we're both women. Wow, how complimentary. Yeah, that's nice. Great. Yeah, wow. So have they? is it published or they just do it online sort of thing? I think they just do it for fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah in their own little fantasy mind. Yeah, but, I mean, props for creativity. Who knows? Maybe there'll be another one in the works. I'd actually, you know what, I'm going to turn this question. Kate, you ask one of us or both of us, who would we rather? You come up with two characters. Just while I'm thinking, just as a kind of slightly in the same world question, is there any cartoon character that you've ever had? the horn for because I my first crush with was Astro Boy wow that is a good question I don't know Mm. I used to find Ariel the mermaid quite sexual did you in a weird way like and I was I used to think something was wrong with me like I thought "Mm." was it the was it the shell I think it was the shell I maybe I had some mermaid (laughs) fantasy or something I don't know yeah we had a great rig really great rig great rig beautiful tummy completely out of proportion but I mean (laughs) Yeah, I would say. And that fringe wall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Can't think of it. Okay, uh, but nowadays with the CGI and everything with the Disney, is it that's what it's called CGI? You know, and it looks kind of more real. Yeah. I mean, I think from you've seen Frozen, but I find he's quite hot. The um, Anna's what's his name? Yeah, Kristoff. Kristoff. Yeah. Spends the moose. Yeah, spends the moose. Aladdin's a babe. Aladdin's a babe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great question. I like that, Kate. Come up with one. Look, this is a bit of a throwback now, but because we were talking about the pandemic before, something that kind of got me through the early days of the pandemic was the Tiger King. Did you guys watch that? Oh, hell yeah. Would you rather go (laughs) Joe Exotic (laughs) or Doc Mantle? Oh, I know. I need need to check. That is, they're, ter- they're great. They like that. You know that. Doc. You know him. Yeah, yeah. No, you know him. He was, yeah. No, I need to one, check. He was the one after, right? Oh, no, oh. the one with the white tiger. He was the one with the white tigers. They had all the young women. He who got around on an to- elephant. All of his, he got his um, right-hand women to get boob jobs. It was wild. Bizarre. It would, ha- it would absolutely have to be Tiger King, the first one. Who did you say? Yeah. Is his name again? Yeah, 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 Joe Exotic. It would have to be, even though I would be, it, oh, I feel like I'd snap him over my knee. Like it just looks <laughs> real. <laughs> Very thin-legged. Yeah, not, yeah. No kind of one of those concave. No bums. bum, but I would not enjoy it. Yeah, you could have a giggle with Joe Exotic <laughs> about it. I feel like Doc Mantle might actually try and perform some something you don't want. ritual on you. 
or oh, something. Oh, and I'd run a goddamn mile. Kunalingus yogi or something. <laughs> yeah. He'd be into he that. Would. He, he would, would have been in that class. He would be running the 5 a.m. Kundalini yoga classes for oh sure. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> and so fucking happy with himself, right? Brilliant. Oh. Okay. Thank you so much for chatting with us on Motherhood, a Beautiful Nightmare. It's been a pleasure. It's so been fun my and chill. Pleasure. It really oh. has. Honestly, I feel like I have friends again. It's <laughs> Why did Felicity say that the other week too? <laughs> it's honestly, I mean, oh. I love I love living up here in Queensland, but literally it's very lonely. I only yeah. ever hang out with a two-year-old, so it's been very nice chatting with you guys. Oh. Motherhood, A Beautiful Nightmare is produced by Soundball Productions and hosted by Chanel Franklin and Tamara Linky. We would love to hear from you, so please email us on motherhoodabeautifulnightmare at gmail.com. Or just for kicks, check out our website at motherhoodabeautifulnightmare.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode of Motherhood, A Beautiful Nightmare and can find two minutes in between managing those little nutters, we'd be so grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Hey, word on the street is it helps people find us.